0: Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Guys and Ties podcast. This is Dustin. I've got Rob on the phone. Rob has moved back to Roanoke unfortunately so rob uh how are you doing how's the move update us
1: yeah man 540 baby uh <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was good man got got settled in uh time stamp we're recording this on uh sunday so yeah man good. getting settled in here i still got a lot of unpacking to do but mm. um yeah so we're back back where the roots are tbd for how long but you know different little perspective we got going right now We're
0: well, good and uh and uh hopefully we'll be seeing you at football games and I guess it's about the actually I bet Roanoke's a little bit closer than DC. Yeah, it is. It's
1: like yeah, it's about Roanoke to Charlottesville's almost like right at two hours mm-hmm. with D C like depending on traffic, it'd be like two and a half, three. Yeah. Um so yeah, a little closer for sure.
0: That's that. Well, that's all that matters, I think. Um, But we are going to talk today about position rankings for this season. Rob even had a uh, piece for whose place about the running backs, which was really good. If you haven't read that yet, uh, you should check that out. And we're going to get down to all that. We're also going to update you on some former who's who are in the. Uh, NFL and the NBA uh, Summer League right now. But before we do that, we do want to talk about our sponsor from Spotify Greenroom. Uh, Spotify Greenroom is a live audio-only sports talking platform. It is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. And it's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. You can join Spotify Greenroom now for free. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store. You create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever group you want. All right? Come and share your takes with the rest of the world with Spotify Greenroom. So we we usually do this every year before the season, uh, and what Rob and I are going to do is we're going to share our top five position units for football, and I think you should be paying more attention to Rob's more than me, because although I, I expect we will have some similar uh, similarities in ours, but uh rob is the football expert however i have my own takes so we'll see how that goes but uh let's go ahead and start off rob uh do you want to start from the uh best and go down or do you want to start down and go up
1: so the way i was thinking this is let's start at number five Uh go go to number one and then afterwards we'll kind of So the way we're tracking this is we have eight position units. So after we go through our top five, um, we'll reveal just kind of for each of us who missed the cut. Mm -hmm. Um, But to be clear to all our listeners going into this little discussion, we got uh, on offense, we'll go offensive line, quarterback, running back, receivers, and tight ends. Mm -hmm. As number four, we're going to group receivers and tight ends together. Then on defense, we will do defensive line, linebackers, and the secondary, so we'll group cornerbacks and safeties together. Mm-hmm. And then we'll also throw in special teams. So we'll have a top five, and then we'll have three that just missed the cut uh, that we'll kind of talk about a little bit towards the end.
0: Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And Rob and I have not discussed our list with each other, so there's probably going to be some uh, debate and discussion, which I'm excited for. Because a lot of times we tend to agree on things, Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case this time, but let's find out. Uh, Rob, why don't you go ahead and reveal your uh, fifth ranked position group for UV football this upcoming season?
1: Sure. So for me, it's going to be the quarterbacks. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it might seem a little low. It felt a little low when I was ranking it. Um, And it really doesn't have anything to do with potential. It's really just lack of experience. So. You know, we have Brennan Armstrong. And Brennan Armstrong, you know, I've said this before. I think Brennan Armstrong is going to take a big leap this year. Mm-hmm. He looked really good in the spring game. Uh, Bronco Mindenhall, Robert and I, they've both stated how confident they are that this offense is going to score a lot of points. And, you know, if he's able to kind of get rid of some of those boneheaded plays and interceptions, especially he had last year, I think he's in for a big leap. Mm-hmm. The reason I have him at number five and not higher is, is really the backup situation, and to be clear, I like all three backups. You have Ira Armstead, who's coming in; he'll be a redshirt freshman mm-hmm. after playing a little bit last year, and you have two true freshmen in Jacob Rodriguez and uh, shoot, Jay Wolfolk. And apparently, Wolfolk has looked really good mm-hmm. uh, in these last couple of practices. But you know, you've got one uh quarterback who's your starter, you know, Brennan Armstrong. But then you have three quarterbacks who are true freshman or uh, redshirt freshman and that's Mm -hmm. it in the room so I have confidence in all three of the backups but you know it's not it's not the ideal situation to have a freshman as your backup true freshman or redshirt freshman so it gives me a little bit of uneasiness if Brennan Armstrong were to go down for a game or two like he did last year Mm -hmm. or even longer Um, so that's why I have it so low so I want to be clear I like Brennan Armstrong a lot and I like these backups but I think we're just in a bit of a transition period in the backup quarterback room right now. So that's my take. <laughs>
2: what do you have as number five? That's I
0: actually I actually had quarterbacks as well. And a lot of the reason for that is Brandon Armstrong, of course, the starter. And I I have a question. Are you counting uh uh Keaton Thompson in that quarterback room?
1: So I'm really not. I uh-huh. have him as a wide receiver pretty much all the way. okay. Are you counting him?
0: I think I am because because he he is technically listed as a quarterback on the roster. Uh, he's listed as quarterback slash wide receiver and he does play both. last year he played a lot of quarterback, especially when Brent Armstrong was down. I think that you know with him in the game, it changes a lot and the way that the coaches use him is really fascinating and interesting. Uh, I just love the way that he plays and how he has transitioned so well from being, um, you know, a, a starter, a starting quarterback, to being this hybrid player that does a lot for the team. So I, I kind of like counting him in there because I think that he deserves it to be recognized for the stuff that he did behind the center as well as, you know, the outstanding running and receiving he did last year as well.
1: Yeah, I feel that. And, you know, he like you said, he is going to take snaps at quarterback or at least snaps in the backfield. Mm -hmm. I think I forget if it was Bronco or a nine. Maybe it was Higgins. One of the interviews they had a couple of days ago, they basically said, you know, he's 75 percent at wide receiver and 25 percent at quarterback. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely still getting run in there. I mean, they haven't stated entirely what the deal is with his shoulder you know i think it's a labrum issue yeah. um so i don't know if he's able to handle like a full workload i know it's considered healthy but i don't know if it's able to handle like days and days of practice and games mm-hmm. but you know he is going to throw some passes this year yeah uh whether it's out of a traditional set or trick plays or whatever it may be so mm-hmm. i have him in the wide receiver group but he's going to be all over the place and i think you know his development over this offseason and also the staff having the full offseason to figure out how to use him. Mm-hmm. I think that's really exciting. I'm yeah. really excited for how they're gonna piece him into the offense this year.
0: I, I think he's he's one of the most like he's he's a, I and I've said I've made this comparison before, but he's like a Taysom Hill type with you know probably little. Le- I don't know if he's as athletic as Taysom Hill, but like he's got the similar mold where he he plays tight end, he plays on special teams, you know, he does all this stuff and. You know he he was originally a quarterback, so I I think that he's really fun to watch and really interesting, and I'm looking forward to see what kind of jump he can make, especially as as he's hopefully more healthy this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely, couldn't agree more. Yeah. So with that, we'll take up to number four. Uh huh. Um, and for me, I'm going to put the wide receivers and tight ends at number mm-hmm. four. So when I look at wide receiver, and you know I'm including Keeton Thompson in this. When mm-hmm. I look at wide receiver. There's really only one truly, you know, I'm putting quotes here, proven player. And that's Billy Kemp. He's yeah. just Mr. Reliable, not the fastest guy in the world, not the quickest guy in the world, but he just gets the job done. And, you know, 90% of the time he's out of that HVAC slot position. Mm-hmm. But there is so much potential on the outside, especially with Dontavian Wicks, who was, or so far has been, I think, the star of summer camp. Mm -hmm. You also have Rashawn Henry, who unfortunately was not playing in the spring game, but apparently he was the best receiver in the spring game. And, you know, at tight end, you have Jelani Woods, who I think is going to be just such an important piece of this offense, kind of like Tony Poljan, but maybe even better. Is Mm -hmm. basically how I'm kind of interpreting the expectations these guys are putting out there. So while Billy Kemp is really the only guy that, uh, you know, played last year and is proven for lack of a better word there is so much potential at wide receiver this year and I think these guys are going to put up a lot of numbers
0: and you know I you know I almost had them at four I I almost had them at five but I I just felt like with Lavell Davis out it just takes such a huge hit to this group you know he's such a dynamic player and him not being I don't I mean he's not going to play this season right
1: it's it's TBD. ACLs are weird now because I think you kind of see it with Kawhi Leonard. I think if they're like a partial tear, they can come back faster than a full tear. Yeah. They gave him an optimistic timeline to begin with. I think they said there's a chance he could come back in November. Anyway, I think I would call it like
2: 50 50 shot. He plays this season. But even if, but he, it would be later in the season. Yeah.
0: Ex- even if he plays, it would be later in the season. Probably only against Virginia Tech, and then. You know, he might not be conditioned well enough. And there's just a lot going into that. So I, I think that, you know, while I like a lot of these, like a lot of these players, I feel like have been here for like Ugo Abassi has been on this team for at least seven years. Uh, <laughs> it's what it feels like. And, you know, but like it, we have a lot of people here. But besides the names like, you know, Billy Kemp, who really broke out last year. Uh, Lavelle Davis, who had an outstanding freshman season that, you know, was a little bit marred by injury and COVID and stuff. There's not, they're unproven. They're really unproven. And so that was my only hesitation.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're absolutely unproven. Mm -hmm. And with Lavelle Davis, I mean, you hope he comes back. I mean, there's pictures of him running without a brace now, running a route. So, you know, don't want to read too much into that. But there's a chance he can come back. But I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think we're betting a lot on potential. But at the same time, Marcus Hagans has proven year after year. He's going to get guys that, you know, may not be the highest rate of recruits, may not be on everyone's radar. Right. And they're going to produce. And Lavelle Davis was the big example last year. Dontavian Way, I've, you know, just seen him in the spring game and seen the highlights they've put out of the summer practices. Dontavian Wicks is going to be a force. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, as I mentioned earlier, Rashawn Henry, I think is really going to surprise people and break Mm -hmm. out this year. And then, you know, it's, it's maybe a little premature, but I'm also bullish on um, Nathaniel Beal, who's a big bodied wide receiver and Damiq Starling. I think they might try to groom Damiq Starling for that role that Billy Kemp has, maybe if Billy Kemp isn't here next year. So you have some underclassmen that are sleepers, Mm -hmm. but So much of my confidence right now is just in Dontavian Wicks. (laughs) I think Dontavian Wicks is just going to be so
2: good this year.
0: I will say, I don't think they've ever put out a bad highlight in summer practice. You know, it's kind (laughs) of like, you know, like the, you know, you see like lifting videos and like of athletes in their offseason. You you never see the ones where they don't complete the deadlift because it's too much weight, (laughs) right? So, but I, I agree. I like, I've seen all these and I'm really excited to see what they can do. They're just so unproven right now. Uh, i just couldn't couldn't get behind them yet but
1: i feel that who do you have at number 4 well
0: you're not going to like this at all but i have the the running backs at number 4 and i'm going to okay. tell i'm going to tell you why because i you know i actually think i want them at 5 and now that i'm thinking about it and have my quarterback at 4 but um you know we have a lot of uh there there is talent but there's also a lot of um experience at running back you we have Wayne Talapapa senior um, one of the best one- yard rushers I've ever seen in my life uh, he can make any one yard rush that you need uh, you've got Mike Collins who is an electric sophomore coming off of a kind of an up and down rookie campaign for the who's and of course we have Ronnie Walker who was also um di- didn't really play as much last year as he could have but he came on at the end. Uh, a different type of back. So we've got at least three backs who can do different things. And I think we've said this probably every year that Bronco's been in charge, but I I want the team to use these running backs a little bit more, a little bit differently. And especially with the offensive line that we have this year, which, spoiler, I'm going to talk about later. Um, I, I think that the running backs can do a lot of work. And, you know, including in this is you know, our quarterbacks, uh, Keontae Thompson, our, our Armstead, Brennan Armstrong, all of them good runners as well. So that's kind of cheating, but I think <laughs> I think our running game is, is the heart and soul of this team, and so the running backs need to be a part of that, more so than they were last year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's kind of the point I try to make and the Who's Place article I wrote mm-hmm. on the running backs recently is, you know, these guys just aren't utilized. Yeah. The running, the, the excuse me, Robert and I has used the running backs less and less frequently each season of the Mendenhall regime, last year being the least the running backs ever been used. And mm-hmm. it's interesting too, because Bronco Mindenhall said a couple of days ago that he considers running back the deepest position and he mm-hmm. has no idea who's going to start. So, you know, among those guys, he's had Wayne Talapapa, Ronnie Walker, Mike Collins. You know, you also have the true freshman, Ahmad Boston, who's uh-huh. really impressed. You also have the Harvard transfer, Devin Darrington. Now, Devin is a big dude. And, you know, unless anything happened to Wayne Talapapa, I still want to give those short yardage carries to Wayne, like you said. Mm-hmm. But the question really is, can you get more consistency? Can you get more explosive plays? Mm-hmm. And the staff has said they want to do that. They want to expand the running... Uh, or the playbook for the traditional ground game. But at the same time, the question becomes, do we have the horses in the stable to really do that? Wayne mm-hmm. Talapapa, we know, isn't the most explosive player. I think Ronnie Walker and Mike Collins have shown flashes. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see Ronnie Walker with a full off season. And then Mike Collins wasn't here last year. He opted out due to COVID. So, right. you know, there's, there's some intrigue here. But the question really becomes, you know, it's twofold. It's like, A, you know, is or do we have the horses you know do we have the guys that can be more explosive players b is even if we do is the staff going to call more running plays this year yeah that's really the wild card
0: right yeah it it, it's just like well i mean a lot of the plays were running plays but like brennan armstrong had 40 38 more carries than uh wayne did and right so if like if you're going to use if you've got like i mean you can use brennan armstrong but if he gets hurt or something or if you know for whatever reason, you know, we, ha- I think we do have the guys and, you know, Wayne and Brennan both had the average Brennan averaged 4.4 4 yards per carry. Wayne averaged 4.5 4. yards per carry. They both had five touchdowns. I think the difference is that Wayne is not a, a, a we've talked about this a lot. Wayne's not explosive, right? He doesn't, he's not going to blow you away with his speed or his cuts. He's just gonna gonna He's good at running straight. He's good at um, getting a couple more yards after contact. Uh, you know, his long last year was 19 yards. (laughs) Um, and Brennan's was 60, 60 yards, which is, you know, pretty good. I, I think we do have the, the guys, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, so they're my number four.
1: I like it. And the only thing I'll add to that is, like you said, I mean, I feel like. (laughs) I'm critical of Wayne at some times. Mm-hmm. I know that. But, you know, credit where credit's due, he's a great short yardage bat. Yeah. Last year he only lost three yards, which is right. kind of incredible out of all the you know, he didn't have a ton of carries, eighty eight carries, but mm-hmm. on those eighty eight carries, he only lost three yards.
0: And, which and is he, really exceptional. And he went up against some pretty good teams too. I mean, last year. Uh with good defensive lines. So yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty impressive that stat
1: exactly so for me my biggest hope with the running backs is you try to get more explosive plays as you alluded to each of the past years the longest run on the team by a significant margin has been by a quarterback Mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that we'll see probably not going to be Wayne but maybe it's Mike Collins maybe it's Ronnie Walker if one of those two can add an explosive element and you know by explosive I mean kind of 10 to 20 plus yard runs if you can add that explosive element that's mm-hmm. going to go a long
2: way towards helping this offense
0: now the one the one thing the other thing is like do we have too many guys and you know bronco will often play like do a like a hot hand kind of situation where if a running back's running really well he'll keep playing them like last year we didn't have a running we only had one rusher go for over 100 yards in a game last year do you know who that is
1: uh i mean it had to be brennan right yeah
0: Yeah, it was Brennan against Boston College uh, in a win. But, you know, it wasn't like that. Like he had 130, but other times we had 90, 76. There's a lot of low numbers there. So I think that if we're going to have our rushing game be as good as it can be, especially with the offensive line that we do have, I really want to see more use of the running backs.
2: Yeah, uh, I agree.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on to number three Rob who is your number three group
1: number three I'm gonna go with linebackers okay and I'll go and you know as we go through the defensive groups I think some of this is going to be clouded by whether or not we actually switch to a 3-3-5 defense mm-hmm. from a 3-4 which preview of Next week, I'll be doing a really uh, long and hopefully helpful overview of the three-three-five as mm-hmm. part of the Who's Place coverage. Which yep. plug Who's Place? Um, a lot of great preview articles on there right now, <laughs> so would recommend everyone take a look if they haven't already. So no, but I'll go with linebackers and linebackers. Whether it's a three-four, whether it's a three-three-five you have two established players. You have middle linebacker Nick Jackson, mm-hmm. and you have outside linebacker Noah Taylor. Mm-hmm. Both of those players are all ACC type players. And Nick Jackson was actually on the preseason all ACC team. Noah Taylor took a step back last year. Mm-hmm. I think the staff tried to get a bit too creative with him. He also played hurt. I think he had knee and back injuries throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting him to take a step forward this year. So the question really becomes who are the other players one or two guys it seems yeah. like it's going to be a combination of hunter stewart and elliot brown uh you know we've seen elliot brown here and there and jeff white had a nice article about him personally i'm really hoping we get to see hunter stewart a uh, really strong recruit out of high school a guy who's flashed really well when he's had his opportunities and bronco mm-hmm. gave him a lot of praise in spring so i'm personally you know i want the best players to play and i want the best success for the team personally as someone who's a bit on the outside, I'd say I kind of hope it's uh Hunter Stewart, but we'll see. We'll see who comes out. And there's also a lot of really great depth and each of the past two classes, the linebacker group has probably been the strongest in each one of those. So mm-hmm. I like the starters. I like the young guys and, you know, assuming they get this year to kind of get groomed and get ready for next year after Noah Taylor. And uh, you know, if Elliot Brown is playing, then he's a senior as well. So Anyway, I like the depth. I like the talent. I like the depth, and I think these guys are going to have a strong season. Yeah. Who do you have as number three?
0: I well, so I have linebackers at two. Um, okay. But I and and I I'll just talk about them right now since we're on them. I I like you know Noah Taylor is such a dynamic player um, that you you can put him anywhere, and the team did try and put him everywhere last season, and as you said, didn't quite work out. Um, Noah Taylor in coverage is not that great, even though he's still a great athlete. He's much better coming off the side on, on blitz packages and, you know, swatting down balls, intercepting balls. Uh, He's, he's a really dynamic player. I'm really excited to see him take a step up this season and be a leader on the team, be a leader on the defense. And of course the other guy in that group that you mentioned earlier is, uh, Oh, shoot. Nick Jackson? Yeah, Nick Jackson. Sorry, I don't know why I lost his name. But (laughs) um, Nick Jackson is incredible. He he led the team in tackles last season. Um, He's an all-ACC caliber player. He will be drafted one day and uh, go to a good team. And, you know, I'm hoping he has kind of a Micah Kaiser-like career at UVA where he just gets better and more consistent each year. You know, we had... Micah Kaiser was uh, an incredible tackler and Nick Jackson is too. He's really steady, good on the run. He's he's I think he's fine in coverage, right? Um, but I think that just having someone that uh consistent is really, really helpful for the defense where you know the linebackers are supposed to make the plays. So uh that's why I have them at two. But for three, I actually had the defensive line. Um Okay. And it, was that your two?
1: That was my two, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, so let's talk about defensive line. I love this group. I love the defensive line. Famui is back. We've got um, uh, Mandy Alonzo is back. Uh, there's a lot of talent on this line, a lot of big bodies to throw at them. And I just I just love the big boys and having them back. Although they don't get like, any sacks, which is a problem. It's all coming from linebackers. But I'm hopeful that they can do their job and, you know, stuff the line and let let Nick Jackson tackle everyone.
1: (laughs) Nick Jackson will gladly do that. No question. Uh, Yeah, no, I agree. I think the defensive line is going to be strong this year. You know, Mandy Alonso, I think is going to have a really, really strong year. It seems like he's just been killing the off season workouts. Mm-hmm. Aaron Famuyi is a fantastic player. I mean, it's going to be great having him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adi Batrawaya really showed up towards the end of last year, the JMU transfer. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do well. Uh, you also have younger guys, Ben Smiley, uh, Nusi Milani, uh, Sue, you know, these guys are going to rotate in and I think they're going to show out as well. So, you have the starters and you have the depth. And then at nose, I would say this is my one concern with the defensive line is at nose tackle. You have Jameer Carter and mm-hmm. Jameer Carter played really well last year as a true freshman. I think he's going to build on that this year. My one concern is there's not really a backup behind him. Yeah. You know, there's Jordan Redman, but Jordan Redman just hasn't been able to stick on the field. And when he has gotten on the field, he really hasn't performed that well, mm-hmm. at least the past two years. So I think Jameer Carter's health is going to go a long way in determining the success of the unit. But I really like the guys we have at defensive end. Now, the one other thing I'll say here is, and you brought this up, a lot of the sacks have come from the linebackers the past few years. Yeah, and a lot of that scheme-driven. And the three-four that we ran, you know, the defensive line's primary job was to just eat up space. They were two-gap defensive linemen, so their job was really to hold the line and move laterally as much as move vertically. Mm-hmm. So, if there is a switch to a 335, we could see more one gap schemes from the defensive line, meaning there could be more of an emphasis on the defensive line just getting into the backfield mm-hmm. than really holding the line. Yeah. So, that's something to watch if the 335 switch does happen. I think there's a very big potential we'll see more uh, tackles for loss, more sacks, what have you from the defensive line.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I, you know, it, it all depends on if they do switch the defense, which you, you said was going to happen, you know, early in the summer, but, um, now are, are they not doing it all the time? Is it just sometimes, um, from what, from what you see coming out of summer camp?
1: Yeah, you know, it, you really can't get anything out of summer camp. None of the uh, – none of the, all the highlights are field levels. So you really mm-hmm. can't get a feel for what the defense is at. Um, and then, you know, you look at what the comments are coming from the players, the coaches. And, you know, you can see hints here and there, comments from the coaches, but – they're, I think they're really trying to keep it under wraps if this is a real thing. And mm-hmm. I think I brought this up earlier. That's my theory as to why our spring game was not televised was because the staff is making this switch and um, they didn't want film out there. <laughs> they okay. wanted to kind of keep it under wraps. So, And I think that also explains a lot the coaching switch because uh, there are pretty significant coaching switches on the defensive side of the ball over the offseason, which I think could have been made in light of the three three five switch yeah. so anyway we'll see if it is happening they're not going to tell us i guess we'll find out week one but it seems to be there's a lot of evidence pointing to that scheme
2: switch happening
0: okay yeah well i'm i'm excited to see what it does and if it works any better than you know what our defense did last year which was you know probably not a- ideal um for a lot of reasons uh So we talked about our two and three. And my guess is that we share the same number one position group. Rob, go ahead and talk about the offensive line.
1: Yeah, man, you got it. Spot on. Isn't it crazy? Um, Like the offensive line was awful a few years ago. Right. I mean, do you you remember the Notre Dame game? Yeah. Bryce Perkins got murdered in that second
0: half. Right. He got mauled. And, you know, I've talked about this. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter about you know people ranking ACC position groups, and pretty much across the board, the UVA offensive line is recognized as not only like the most experienced position group in the ACC, but one of the best, right up there with Clemson, um, and sometimes even better than Clemson, uh, for some people. And this this what Bronco and and two um, J have done to get this position group up there is incredible. I mean, a couple of years ago when we first started this podcast, the offensive line was garbage. And, you know, we didn't have anyone there. Um, Just seeing the growth and the recruiting step up has been a really transformative process. And frankly, it's what every good team needs to do. If you want to, and this is so old school, but if you want to win the football game, you better have a good offensive line. And that's something that you see, you know, the best some of the best teams in the NFL always have really good offensive lines. The Saints have had great offensive lines the past couple of years. Dallas had an incredible offensive line a couple of years ago. Um when Dak was in and uh uh oh shoot. I don't I don't even know why I try with NFL players. Um <laughs> the running back. Ezekiel Elliott. Gosh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when he had that fantastic season, uh, their, off- their offensive line is incredible. So if you, if you want a good team, you better start with the offensive line. And Bronco's so focused on, you know, building and, and maintaining a team, he knows the offensive line needed to come up. And he prioritized it. And you can clearly see it, and it's one of the best units in the, not only in the ACC, but in the country.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And this is an offensive line that, there's some good players on here, but it's it's not really a lot of star power. You know, you're mm-hmm. not looking at this line. Now, some of these guys, if they have good seasons, maybe they, they get drafted. Uh, I know Olu is considered a little short for a center. Mm-hmm. So maybe he gets drafted, maybe he doesn't. Uh, Ryan Nelson, I think, is very solid. Maybe he gets drafted, maybe he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I know Swoboda, scouts really like him. Maybe yeah. he gets drafted, maybe he doesn't. You know, but you can say this for basically all these guys. Yeah, so this is an offensive line. Glazer, yeah. exactly. Um, Glazer is great. He still struggles a little bit against the pass, I feel mm-hmm. like, but he is great again. And, uh blocking for the run. Yeah. So you have this line, but they're just so solid together. Yeah, it's, it's the unit. You, was,
0: it's the unit, yeah.
1: Exactly. And I'll tell you, I was watching uh, just some shortened games over the past couple weeks just trying to – get geared up for football and I do this every summer just go back and try to watch a Mm -hmm. lot of our snaps from last year and I was watching the Boston College game Mm -hmm. and I was blown away by the offensive line play in that Boston College game yeah I mean the holes were huge Brennan was rarely under pressure Mm -hmm. I mean anyone could have run through those holes it was really really impressive so like you said it's a very solid uh starting group and you know, you really still have, I'd call it six guys that are really starting caliber with mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Nelson mm-hmm. and Ryan Swoboda at tackle. Bobby Haskins is the swing tackle. Mm-hmm. And then at guard, it's going to be Chris Glazer and Joe Bissinger and then Olu at center. So yeah. you have a really solid six and some really good freshmen that are just coming in and underclassmen. i I don't know if the middle depth is necessarily there, but if you give it another year or two, I think we're going to see kind of the same thing with the next wave of these underclassmen. And don't Mm -hmm. forget, we have top 100 recruit Andrew Gentry Gentry on the way in 2022. So there's a lot to be excited about this season and in the future with the offensive line.
0: And, you know, we, I mean, you can't really... Under um, London, there were basically... There wasn't a good offensive line, even though he had talented players. Like Morgan Moses was a really talented player, and started from, I think he started from day one. I'm not positive, but yeah, he
1: started like second half of his freshman year. Yeah,
2: um, up until his senior year. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so he, which is rare for, I think, offensive linemen. They usually don't play a lot as freshmen, just because the, the speed and their weight situation. So. But he, I mean, he was he was so talented. But the usually the lines were not good. At under Grow, the lines were I think pretty good, from what I remember. And it's good to be back in a situation where you can count on the offensive line to create those holes for your runners and protect the passer in those situations. So um, super happy that this t- this unit is on top.
1: Definitely, and you know, like you said, with Grow, Grow had some solid lines. There was a lot of individual talent. Yeah. Uh, to break a Shaw Ferguson, mm-hmm. Eugene Monroe, mm-hmm. Eldon Brown, Brandon Albert, you could go yeah. on. With Mike London, there was that 2011 year that was a really solid offensive line. It was Morgan Moses and Ode Abushi at tackle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure Luke Blanco was a guard on that team. That that line was really solid. I think four out of the five of those guys ended up in the NFL.
0: And weird. And this line. Sorry, weird Sorry. how weird how that was London's only good team, too.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> but no, exactly. And this year, they were really solid last year. You bring back pretty much everyone, the one exception being Dylan Rankins-Meyer, mm-hmm. Um, although Joe Bissinger replaced him later on in the season. And, you know, we'll see. Maybe some of these guys get to the NFL. Maybe they don't. It's kind of tough to say. It'll do the staff recruiting-wise a lot of good if they can get these guys in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But I think either way... Um, this unit as a whole, you know, whether it's for individual talent or lack thereof, I don't know, but as a unit, these guys are going to be good.
0: So I actually, I have a story. So I, I was tweeting about the offensive line a couple of weeks ago and I got called out by 2J's daughter who, cause I, I said, <laughs> I said Bronco had done a really great job with the, with the, um, offensive line. And it was no shade to 2J. I meant in general, like building up the unit, um, which is the head coach's job to hire the right people and get the right recruits. But of course, 2J has done an incredible job of, you know, making these guys good too, right? Like, because they don't, you don't hear about these, you know, great offensive line recruits that Virginia's getting. Like, we've got one coming in next year, but in general, we get solid guys who get really good coaching. And they play up to high standards, and which is great.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, you're exactly right. Well, you know, still holding out hope with Zach Rice would be amazing. We could get Zach Rice in here. Um, yeah. We have Andrew Gentry coming in, so he's really a top, so, really solid top 100 guy. But you're right. The rest, Logan Taylor is a good recruit that came in this year, but the rest are kind of, you know, kind of the same range as the rest of our other recruits. But mm-hmm. it's just they've just done a tremendous job developing the players and you know really just developing this group from what was basically a bear cupboard when Bronco came yeah and it's credit where credit due um they've done a great job
0: yeah yeah so I'm, I'm excited to watch them work the season and and get to it and you know get give uh give my fourth ranked unit some holes to run through to make me look better <laughs> for that decision and I'm I'm excited to to hear what they have to do um yeah man let's let's talk about the team the units who we did not talk about uh which are the defensive backs and you talked about the right wide receivers i didn't um and special teams as well as oh you didn't talk about running backs so so we we mentioned those two but let's talk about uh, the defensive backs and special teams. Why did you not include those in your rankings? Top five.
1: Sure. So, yeah, best of the rest, I had running backs at six, just missing the cut, uh, special teams at seven, and the secondary at number eight. Mm-hmm. And the special teams could be solid again. You know, they could, I think the special teams probably peaked a couple of years ago when you mm-hmm. had Joe Reed as the kick returner, Yeah. but they were s- still solid last year, even if they didn't have the really explosive returns. Mm-hmm. But the reason I have special teams dropping is just because you got new personnel. Mm-hmm. You know, Brian Delaney was solid. Yeah. I think that kick against Virginia Tech in 2019 mm-hmm. was all he needed for a legacy, Yeah. but he wasn't necessarily the most consistent guy in the wow. world. So... At the same time, even though we're losing him, we're going to bring in what's looking like it's going to be Justin Dunkel. looks yep. like he's ahead at the kicker competition. And then we have the Florida transfer punter, uh, Jacob Finn, coming in, who's most likely going to take the starting punter job. And then a punt returner, it might be Billy Kemp. It might be someone else. Other guys were returning punts the other day in practice, including Rashawn Henry and Dontavian Wicks. Mm-hmm. I think Antonio Clary was the other. Returning kicks, not totally clear who's going to be returning kicks. So, you know, Brumfield has done a really good job the past couple of years, and I think this unit is well coached. There's just a lot of new faces, so I think I think these guys probably have to prove themselves before we kind of push them up the list again.
0: I agree. I I just you know, there's not a lot to go off of for them, and you know, as you said, Brian Delaney was like so super average as a kicker it was nice to have that consistency where you know we haven't had that in you know in previous kickers it's been kind of on and off a little bit but brian delaney was really good and of course we'll be remembered for the kick against tech um but you know and but yeah i so I, i'm i'm just interested to see i need more information before they jump up a little bit
1: Definitely. Couldn't agree more. And yeah. then the secondary, the secondary, I mean there's not really much to break down here. They need no. to be a lot better. Yeah. I mean it was the same thing where I was talking about watching that Boston College game and being impressed by the offensive line. I mean it had been so, not so long, but it had been a while since I would seen the secondary in game action. Mm-hmm. I Just seen that game, it was just cringeworthy. <laughs> just yeah. what is happening? So you know, if there's a switch to a 3-3-5 three, three, then we'll probably go three safeties which mm-hmm. will be interesting um, if, if we stay in the more traditional packages we have been running we'll probably keep using a corner as mm-hmm. a nickelback so you know can nick grant keep his job is darius bratton or anthony johnson the other starter uh i think josh hayes will be a good nickelback the transfer from north dakota state can mm-hmm. a elijah gaines Make some uh, headway into playing time. I really like him as a recruit. There's just so many questions and really not many proven answers. Really, the only proven guy you really have back there is Joey Blunt. Mm-hmm. And you know, fair or not, Joey Blunt has an injury history. So yeah. it's it's just tough to have a lot of confidence in the secondary until really proven otherwise.
0: I mean, I feel like over the last couple of years they've just been decimated by injuries throughout the season. You know, like we we've lost. Um, Joey Blunt, Devontae Cross has been hurt. Brenton Nelson, uh, Darius Bratton was hurt. Uh, even Nick Grant got hurt too. So like, I feel like at some point this unit really hasn't been healthy for a long time. Uh, so it'll be nice to see if they can stay healthy this season or, you know, if, cause last year was bad. Like, like if you remember back to, um, the North Carolina game last year, like they just got cooked by a really good quarterback and wide receiver group but like we need a little bit more than that from this group if if our defense is going to be good because while the running the linebackers and defensive ends are good our def- defensive line um if people can just throw us out of the building it's not going to make a difference
1: yeah absolutely and if we do switch to the 335 and again this week the feature will come out on whos place which i think Hopefully we'll help a lot of people understand what the changes involved in the 335 will be. But if we do, I think the middle of the field will be covered better. That was a weakness last year with Nick Jackson and Zane Zandier. They were really downhill linebackers, Mm -hmm. not really fantastic in coverage. So the middle of the field was picked apart. I think if they do make that switch to the three-three-five with a middle safety, that'll help cover up the middle of the field. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, at some point the players gotta make plays, right? I mean, at some we went from having terrific players in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Hall, Juan Thornhill, Tim Harris, guys like that, Brendan Nelson, Julie Blunt, um, Quinn Blanding, you know, all these guys, and I think scheme could be helped i don't know if the scheme has been too complicated or what maybe that accounts for some of these blown coverages but there are also so many plays last year where it was a, just a jump ball and nick grant or Devonte cross or whoever was at corner just needed to make a play mm-hmm. and they didn't yeah so at some point whether this scheme change or not the players kind of have to be held accountable for you know their play on the field so i'm hoping we'll see more um or at least an improvement in the individual play this coming season you know hopefully a full off-season program spring practice hopefully that'll go a long way towards getting back to where the secondary really was a couple of years ago when they were very good
0: yeah yeah so i guess we'll just see what happens i mean hopefully they can they can be really great if they do switch you know with more more coverage in the back would be really helpful especially with the with the experience that we have on the defensive line and in the linebacking position, which are both really good and solid groups. uh, Hopefully it, hopefully makes a difference, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, Rob, any last words on, on this topic?
1: Yeah, nothing for me. I'm sure I feel like kind of confident in these rankings. Maybe they will change a little bit as we continue to get, media availability from bronco and Mm -hmm. the rest of the coaches and players leading up to the season so this is always a running list here so we'll see how it plays out but i don't feel like unless there's a major injury or something else changes Mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like these are pretty accurate you know both you and i had similar reads on the team this year
0: yeah yeah yeah. um which is good so That was wonderful. And we are going to go ahead and move forward. We're going to talk about some of the former who's who are playing this summer in the different preseason leagues. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our sponsor from Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a free audio only social media platform for sports fans. You can start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Uh, all you need to do is download the Spotify Room app for free in the iOS App Store, create a poor profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever groups you are interested in. Uh, do that, and you can spread your thoughts on all the sports action. All right, Rob, let's talk about some Summer League and NFL preseason players. Why don't we go ahead and start with NFL since we're already talking about football?
1: Yeah, man, let's do it. And I think, like I said earlier in the episode, we're recording this on Sunday the 15th, which means to those of you who stayed up late to watch the Rams or woke up this morning, you saw the Bryce Perkins hurdle, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. You know, I know he's battling for probably the third string job. Matt Stafford is number two or number one. Mm-hmm. I, I forget who's number two. Um, but yeah, Bryce Perkins probably battling for that third string job. The Rams were kind of weird. They're rotating quarterbacks by quarter. So Bryce played the second and fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a Mike London thing, honestly.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, That sounds awesome. Anyway, Bryce, Bryce was seven to ten. He also had passing, that is, seven to ten. He threw a touchdown. And also had that great run. So he's impressing.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: You know, looking at another quarterback in the league, Kurt Benkert. Kurt Benkert's making a strong case to be the third quarterback, whether he's on the Packers active roster or not. Uh, You know, maybe he goes to the practice squad or maybe he gets cut. So they think he's going to go to the practice squad, but he signed somewhere else. Yeah. Whatever happens, he's making a strong case. He played well in the preseason action yesterday as well. He also had a full athletic feature, which was kind of cool on him. It's kind of his rise from ECU originally to the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed reading that. Yeah.
0: Then, um, or sorry, I was just gonna say it's been really impressive to see him and him, especially because he, you know, he was on the Fal- the Falcons backup for a couple years, and now you know with the with the Packers, I think they brought him in mostly because they didn't quite know what was gonna happen with. Rogers but now that Rodgers is back it's you know kind of unclear if he'll make the cut but it's been really great to see him and he's got a great attitude about it and you know so I'm I'm hoping he and Perkins can both make the squad I I mean if the hurdle doesn't get Perkins on the squad I'm not sure what what more he can do <laughs> um but yeah so I'm I'm excited for both of them uh, who else is uh playing right now
1: uh, well, in recent who's we had Charles Snowden make mm-hmm. his Bears debut yesterday, and he got a sack. And if you just search Charles Snowden on Twitter, you'll see a lot of positive comments about him. Yeah. So I think he's a guy that's really impressive. Yeah. Um, going a bit farther back, you have Maurice Kennedy. Maurice Kennedy, uh-huh. he opted out last year mm-hmm. due to COVID, and he's kind of bounced around a couple NFL teams. I think before. Cowboys he was most recently on the Jets but anyway he's been making a ton of plays in camp he was just kind of a camp body they brought in and it's looking like now he may end up as the third corner yeah so I I actually don't know how he did in their preseason game but I've seen tons of highlights of him Mm -hmm. on Twitter as well and then also Bryce Hall Bryce Hall came back in the middle of last season for the Jets at corner but I can tell you the same thing from the just following it on Twitter Bryce Hall has been one of the stars of the Jets camp. Mm-hmm. So I think he's got at minimum a starting job lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, knowing how well he played at UVA, maybe he can make a little bit of noise in the regular season as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. I, I mean, so hopefully he can, you know, get back on track and and get healthy and stay healthy. Uh that's that's the goal. Any any other notable players?
1: You know, there's a couple out there. Um those are probably the most notable, though. Mm. I'm trying to think. I haven't read anything on D'Angelo Amos on the Lions or mm. Tony Poljan on the Ravens. I know my Washington football team sadly cut Morgan Moses. Yeah. And now he's on the Jets. Um, so I'll miss that connection there as well. So I'm sure there's several guys out there making noise. Um, is, these were just kind of the guys that caught my attention this weekend.
0: Is Thornhill playing, or is he still hurt? So Thornhill sorry go go on no go on go on
1: thornhill i believe is playing i mean he played towards the end of last year but just kind of got benched um you know unfortunately for him when he tore his acl he tore it so late in the season Mm -hmm. um that which was what not this past season but two Mm -hmm. seasons ago i think he tore it in like week 17 or the playoffs or something like that yeah it was the
0: last week of the season
1: yeah, so hopefully, like, a full off, a full year back after the injury, I'm hopeful he'll kind of get back to his rookie form because, mm-hmm. I mean, he was making plays. He was playing really well as a rookie. So yeah. it was a shame to at least the injury to time the way it did because I think it did affect them last season.
0: Yeah, I thought I read that he hurt himself in practice, um, but I'm not sure if that was true. Um Oh no! A Google search says that he is healthy and ready to go. So, good for him. Right, great. <laughs> Perfect. Easy. Um, cool. Any any other guys, or should we move on to the NBA? There's a lot of NBA. Yeah, let's Summer get the NBA
1: because, like you said, there's it's great. I mean, how many former UVA guys are in there, right? Yeah.
0: Now? So it's interesting because unlike the NFL, the like the full teams don't play. So like NBA teams will make a team of like. People who might be on their G League team um, over the year, and they will play. So it's not like the starters or anything. So it's usually like the rookies, and then like some journeymen who are playing in the in these summer league games. So it's a fun time to see like new people and and new new to the league, but also people who have been around a while. So for example, like Justin Anderson is on the Rockets' uh, summer league team right now. I'm not sure if he's doing anything um in in particular but just looking through there's uh i get all my nba who's in the nba news from uh the twitter account who's in the nba (laughs) and they're great they just post all these clips and shots of it it's perfect for me um but kyle's having a pretty good um summer he's playing with for the warriors right now even though i think he's still on the king's roster although actually no i don't think he is but he he's playing for the warriors this summer Uh, He's had had some good shooting. Um, Sam Hauser is playing for the Celtics, and he has been leading them pretty good. He's shooting really well for the Celtics, which is nice. Um, uh, uh, Braxton Key is playing for the Sixers, and he's doing Braxton Key things of uh, rebounding and scoring a little bit, but playing just solid defense. Uh, Trey Murphy having a great summer league with the Pels uh, the Pelicans, he started off with a really good, uh, dunk over someone in his first game. And then he ended the game with 26 points, which is great. Uh, most recently he just had seven points, seven rebounds and seven assists in his last game. So hopefully he can make a splash on the Pelicans and, and stick around, but it seems like he's doing really well. Mommy of course is playing for the Bucks summer league team and he's doing really good as well. He's like a, a small Giannis, which is great. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Jay Huff is on the Wizards. He's on the Wizards summer league team, which is fun. Um, the one person who is not um, on a summer league team that probably could be is Mike Toby. Um, Mike Toby had a great, great Olympic run with uh, Slovenia. I didn't even know he was Slovenian um, or of Slovenian descent, but he is. Uh, he had a great run with Luka Doncic. Um, but he's still contracted in Spain, so he is not on a Summer League team. Uh, other players who are in the Summer League right now are London and Ty and... Um, I mentioned Justin already, but I haven't heard anything about London and Ty yet. So, yeah, that's yeah, it.
1: Either. I also haven't heard much about Jay Hough now that you bring him up. So, not sure how he's doing.
0: Yeah, but- he. so he, I know he... He had a sweet reverse dunk, um, or just just a reverse, um, in their game a couple of days ago. But I'm not sure. I haven't. I don't keep up with summer league that often. But I think he's. I'm not sure if he'll stick. But I guess we'll see. That's the whole point, right?
1: Yeah. No. I mean, Justin Anderson got signed kind of middle of summer league too. Cause mm-hmm. He was on a roster going in. Yeah. Um. No. I think the coolest thing so far was summer league, besides just individual plays. Oh, there's also Trey Murphy. Did we talk about Trey Murphy?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I talked about him.
1: Okay, maybe yeah. I... Sorry if I zoned
0: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's I was so like, much to talk about. We about Trey Murphy because he had 26 points yeah. in their opener.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah. No, what, I think what was really cool was Sam Hauser getting the two-way deal because that's mm-hmm. always a big deal for the guys that, yeah. um, you know, are coming, uh, coming in undrafted is whether or not they can get one of those two-way contracts. So yeah. it's exciting for him and... What, I, I come to think of it, I don't know if Anthony Gill is playing Summer League necessarily, but I know his salary just recently got guaranteed for the Wizards for next oh, nice. year, which is okay. exciting as well.
0: He Yeah, so Justin Anderson is on the Rockets Summer League team. Which I mentioned. Yeah. Okay. But he zoned out. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's all good. Um, <laughs> So the two-way contract, um, for those who don't know, works like this. So... A team in the NBA can sign a two-way contract with a person, which means that they'll split their time between the G League team and the uh, regular team. Uh, they get they just get a they get a salary, and they can be like the last player on the roster. Um, so the two-way contract is really nice, and this is something recent. It's not like it's been around for a long time, but it it's really helpful for you know if a team likes a young player, but they're just not quite ready. So they can get a lot of action in the G league and just dominate the G league. And then they can be brought up for several games. So I know Kyle was on a two way uh, last season. I know that Mamadi was on a two way last season before he got brought up permanently for the bucks, which was great. Um, And there's, there's only a certain amount of games that you can be brought up to. So I think it's, um, 45 days that they can be brought up to a roster. Um, so yeah, but it'll be it'll be exciting for Sam to to get that to get that you know get his shooting down, maybe get some uh, more quickness because he he can rebound and shoot just fine. I think his problem is or not problem, but like the thing that will hold him back in the NBA is probably his defense and his his athleticism. So if he can you know, spend some time in the G League and maybe make it up if the Celtics players get hurt or if, you know, they trade everyone away, uh, he can get in there and, and play. So yeah. Did I forget anyone?
1: I think I mean unless I zoned out again. <laughs> I think I think you got it.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think that's everyone. But yeah, but like the players, like Malcolm and Joe don't play in the summer league, so they don't they don't get anything. So yeah, that's about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. some full full slate there, man. Yeah, a lot, a lot of guys.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of some of the games happen all the time too. They like, like I think there was one at like noon today or something. So like they happen all the time, and you can always turn on ESPN and just watch. So you'll probably see a UVA guy playing whenever you turn turning on. There's they're just all over the place, so it'll be fun. Uh, Rob, any last words, things we missed, little tidbits you want to talk about?
1: No, man. I, I think that mostly covers it. You know, we were seeing, speaking of basketball, I think they released a couple clips last week or the week before about, um, the guys getting in some work this summer. So that was mm-hmm. exciting to see. Obviously now we're less than three weeks away from football season. Yeah. So certainly following that. Um, so yeah, man, there's a lot to get excited about.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'm excited. Rob, thanks for taking time to call and join me for this, uh, preseason pod and uh, we will be back within hopefully a week or two to do a full season preview wins and loss predictions as well as other thoughts that we have uh, rob is excited for that i'm excited for that and you guys should be as well thank you so much for listening this is the guys and ties podcast make sure to follow us on twitter guys and ties pod make sure to follow us on instagram and snapchat for all the bonus content at Guys and Ties Pod. Go ahead and follow us on Spotify and iTunes if you like what you hear. And we will see y'all next time. Go who's
2: Go who's